It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. This week, we're doing something different. This week, it was historic on the campus of Norfolk State University. Our president, Dr. Javon Adams-Gaston, and we had a special guest, Captain Janet H. Days. She is the commanding officer of the Norfolk Naval Air Base, the largest Navy base on the planet. The two got together and had an interesting conversation. Welcome, Captain Days, to our, our, our station, you. to our campus. Fantastic. We'll let you know when you're here. You're you're at home, so, you know, be comfortable here. I uh, hope that, you know, I mean, I left some clothes in, in there. Don't worry about them. You pick those <laughs> off of the floor. We're going to be fine around here. I'm so excited to have you both with us. This is typically uh, the president's uh, time on Fridays at 9. And um, because you you came, she said, I'll be there. And we're all here together. Now, you have some um, important things that you want to discuss regarding Fleet Week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Maynard and Dr. J, for having me here today. Uh, Completely honored. Norfolk State University Spartans, beautiful campus, a magnificent studio here. Folks hadn't been here and seen this this layout. But yes, indeed, Naval Station Norfolk will be hosting Fleet Fest 2023. It is back, better than ever. Next Saturday, the 21st of October, that Saturday, starting at 10 o'clock, we're opening up the gates to the base. Uh, we haven't done that in years, and it's important that we do that for many, many reasons. I'm super proud of the sailors and the mission that we have there, but more importantly, it's an opportunity to engage our community, and it's about our community and our young people understanding that there's options, there's access, and, and who knows what young person will come through those gates and see something that, that's going to inspire them. So we're super excited about it. On that Friday, we'll be hosting a STEM day. We work very closely with the Norfolk Public Schools and Portsmouth City Schools. We'll have over 3,000 students on board. They're going to have the opportunity to tour ships. Um, There are multiple sponsors that we have, and and STEM, obviously, with the technology uh, and education module there. Um, Just, again, access because it's about opportunity to learn and to see, and that's something that I'm uh, very passionate about. So that's what we have going on at Naval Station Norfolk next week, and I look forward to seeing all there. Again, it is open to the public. That's excellent. You know, what's, what's always been very interesting, and I, I learned uh, when I you know, came to school here back in 92, is this relationship that uh, the university has had with uh, the naval base, whether it's through our ROTC programs or the fact that lots of people had moved here. They were in the Navy, and then spouses were like, well, I might as well go to college right? or something and, and what have you. So, Dr. J., you know, as the the commander of our base, um, you know, tell me how you think that our relationship with um, our armed forces in the area, you know, Navy, Army, et cetera, can grow. We obviously we have the Air Force and, and, and the others uh, can grow. And, and what does that future look like, particularly as they discuss that STEM is such a big deal? Absolutely. And I want to thank first Captain Days for being here thank and you, for ma'am. being a friend of Norfolk State University and really understanding the importance of the community and why uh, that relationship is meaningful. Uh, I will say that Norfolk State University has the honor of being the number one military 
friendly school for small schools Fantastic. nationally. So I think that that speaks volumes to the work that's yes, being done here, to be inclusive of the military and to allow people to have some opportunity while they are in the area or to continue their education or start their education. Yes, ma'am. So we're really happy with the relationship. I am you know, just pleased that you are so outgoing and a part of the community. Yes, and that makes a huge difference to have people see you know, the person who's at the top be a person who really connects with everybody in the community. So we're looking forward to this upcoming weekend. No, uh, thank you so much, ma'am. And, and, and I, I appreciate that. And, and, and to your point, uh, there is a large footprint here in the Hampton Roads area of Department of Defense personnel, a large yes. footprint. And oftentimes, even speaking with uh, like Mayor Alexander and others, is how do we retain that talent, right? How do we become a part of the community and not transients and, and really give back to the community and be a part of it? And Norfolk State University is a big part of that. I have a number of colleagues that are Norfolk State graduates. Yes. Uh, your ROTC program here, Army and Navy programs, are very robust. It's a consortium that consists of Norfolk State, Old Dominion, and Hampton University in Tidewater. I was a graduate. I graduated Old Dominion University, but I was a part of this consortium, actually commissioned on this campus in 1999. And so it is enrooted it is, it is, it is in the military culture here. Uh, everyone knows who Norfolk State University is and what you bring. And I think that connectedness and that, that community that you bring um, is fantastic. So super happy to be here with you and, and just talk about that with you today. And I really would say that you know, it makes a difference yes, when the um, members of the military are in our community and are saying, we want to be a part of the community as well as the work that we do every day. And, you know, I know how difficult the work is, but we want to welcome you to the university, to all the things that we do here. Yes, and we want to welcome all of your members of this largest uh, military, I'm sorry, largest naval base in the world to uh, come in and spend time with us, and we really appreciate that. No, no, I, I, I appreciate uh, just one the offer um, to come and to be here today. But um, really, uh, fantastic point that you make, and you know, all of our services today are, are challenged a little bit regarding recruitment, um, young people, and the inspiration or desire to serve. You know, uh, that conversation that was had maybe when we were a lot younger, there was around the dinner table, right? There was someone who served in the military, and if you didn't, you had an uncle or grandfather mm -hmm. or someone did, right? But that's not necessarily the case today. Um, and so, you know, how do we inspire and motivate and encourage service, right? And that connectedness, again, we need to be visible, hence mm -hmm. opening the gates. Come see. It's not some strange place over you know, at the end of Hampton Boulevard, um, there's great men and women, a very diverse service today. There are young people, and if you come on board and, you know, you see sailors, they'll be there volunteering. Walk up to them and ask them how they're doing, where they're from. Uh, very diverse uh, organization, folks from all over, but happy to serve, to tell their story, and, and it might inspire a young person uh, or someone to, to, to potentially serve one day. Absolutely, and I think that, you know, families need to continue to tell the story. Right. I, mean, I, agree. I always say I agree. In my fa on my father's side, every, there were four uh, boys, men, and everyone served in a different area. Yes, so he was in the Army, one was in the Marines, one was in the Navy, and one was in the Air Force. And my uh, husband's father was in the Navy. And mm -hmm. so they hear the stories all the time about 
you know, what this can be. What we want students to see and what we want the community to see is this is an opportunity. Right. It may not be for everybody. Right. But it's for a whole lot of folks. Yes, ma'am. Who have not yet had the opportunity to see themselves as a commissioned officer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you, you're spot on with that. Um, I enlisted in the service originally. I didn't come in as an officer. And, um, you know, learned a little bit more about the programs and what it had to officer and took advantage of that. But, um, you know, you have folks from different walks of life for different reasons. You walk up to any member in the military and everyone has a story. Everyone has a story for why they serve, um, where they came from, um, challenges they may, they may have had. Uh, some folks, you know, you know, going to college right out of high school wasn't ideal for right. a variety of reasons. Right. Um, I always say that it's a great place to start. Uh, it does not necessarily mean that you're going to serve for 20 or 25 years, and that's okay. Um, two years, three years, four years, right, to personally and professionally grow and, and then learn some things about yourself. And I would imagine you have quite a few students who may be taking advantage of the post-9-11 GI Bill, which is a fantastic um, incentive uh, to serve to help fund education. So. Absolutely. So, so very important. And as you think about um, how do we encourage students to think about this as a way of uh, being a part of the world, seeing the world, engaging, and also thinking they may not do it for life. Oh, I yeah. think that is often a misperception that if you serve right. and you it's, decide do it for life, that's your li- yeah. yes, ma'am. No, not at all. Uh, some some folks come in with a plan, yeah. and uh, they say, "Well, I'm I'm going to serve for three years, and they're they're going to grow. They're going to probably gr- learn a lot about themselves. They're going to be challenged, um, and and you know, again, I keep saying diverse, but I mean that because it's important to understand that the world is diverse, and it doesn't necessarily look like just say your hometown. Right. So how do you get out and get to know others and learn from others and gain some, I don't know, comfort or comfortability with with being around others and also just growing within yourself? So there's a lot of benefit. I don't say that because I've been serving for over 36 years. I didn't know when I came in that I would serve that long. That was not necessarily intent. But I did grow up in a military family Mm -hmm. and uh, my, my father served in the army for over 25 years and so we traveled. My siblings, we were all born in different places, which is pretty standard when you're from a military family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my brothers all served, and, and I did as well. So that may have had some impact, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it, it gave me, uh, one, a lot of opportunity, but also just a comfortability about being in uncomfortable places, right? And, and you, you also learn a lot about yourself and just how to relate to others. And, uh, and communicate and continue to, to progress and learn. So a lot of opportunity. I'm not a recruiter. I'm not here to recruit and sign y'all up. Um, I, I am not I a recruter. About to sign. I was no, about to I'm sign just about to sign up. If you're ready to sign, we'll get some paperwork going. Uh, hold okay. on, girl, but, I, yeah, but I do have some fears. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Push-ups and, push-ups and sit-ups no, really. We'll take you. <laughs> so, so you outrank the brothers? Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, 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 oh. So, ladies, talk about being leaders. Because as Maynard said, both of you all are leaders. So talk to people listening about what it takes to be a leader in any field. Oh, I appreciate that question. That's a fantastic question. So to be a leader in uh, any field, and I always bring it back, and it's, it's somewhat general to me, it's about understanding your worth, but also the worth of your people. Mm. See, y- y- you lead but you lead uh, because folks are willing to follow. Right. And why are they willing to follow? Because you take the time, you encourage, and you invest in them. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the military or you're in a civilian organization or a company. Um, if the people do not believe 
in what it is they're doing. They're not encouraged. They are not. They don't like the culture and the environment. You know. So you ask someone if they like their job, for example, right? And if they say yes, I like my job. But if they respond and they say I love my job, that's an emotional response. And if they say they love their job, most likely it's not because of the work and and so forth. It's because of the people. And that is exactly the experience you have. I've been in higher education all my uh, career. And what I know is that if you are going to lead, what you have to be focused on is the people, not on lead, being the leader. A, a good leader is able to lead from all sides, from the front, yes, from the side, from the rear, able to help people be encouraged to be their best selves. That's what we do here at Norfolk State University. When we say we see the future in you, we really mean that. We see how you can develop the way that you want to develop. And in good leadership, in my view, you really have to be able to engage everyone. That's you have to touch all the people right. in the community right. in a way that tells them you are important. That's right. And what you do is important. Our faculty are important. That's if right. If they don't feel committed to the students, then they don't do the things that need to be done yeah. to engage those students. Yes, and our faculty do that. So yeah. I'm very proud of them. Our administrators, our staff, even the people, including the people who work on in the um, facilities. If you look at our um, physical um, structure, you will find that people are working hard to keep it beautiful. Right. That means they're engaged, they're invested. And so we want to continue to have that kind of investment. And to say that that doesn't just happen for the campus, that we bring that beyond the walls of the university, because we're an institution born of the community, so community is very important to us. No, what, what you've said in all, too, is they care. Mm -hmm. You just have to care a little bit. You know, Dr. J, I, I, you know, in this time, I, I really want to just see if we can get some kind of just thought process as to how we should attack um, another issue that is, you know, more closely related to the universities, particularly land-grant institutions. I, I'm certain that you've seen the article that um, historically black colleges and land-grant institutions uh, in the state of Virginia, Virginia State, for instance, have been underfunded uh, by, their, by their states in 16 states, uh, and Virginia State being underfunded by 270 $4 million over a 30-year period. Um, what does that, what, those kinds of dollars, and if, if they are underfunded Virginia State, I'm certain that obviously we were there too. We just happen to not be the land-grade institution. We have a shortage of beds right now. We have a, a shortage of classroom space in certain areas. What would $275 million mean? Well, it's important for people to understand land-grant and the land-grant mission. I am a product of uh, institutions that I came from before that were land-grant. They were largely uh, Research One. They were the primary uh, institution in the state. But they were 1865s, and the 1865s largely were white institutions that got money from the Morrow Act that allowed them to be land-grant. Well, then, they were not allowing, mostly, uh, blacks to be in the institution. So in 1890, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln signed another bill saying these institutions, you will have an institution in each state where there were not the opportunities for students to go to um, these white institutions, you'll have an institution that's a land grant. And thus, thus um, Virginia State is the land grant public institution for the, for the state. So I know 
deeply that that money came to the states and the states had a formula and often the formula was not carried out in the way so that's how we get to 277 million dollars of loss but what I will say is during that time you also had institutions like Norfolk State that were significantly underfunded and undersupported for decades that means that you don't have the infrastructure you don't have the support you don't have the buildings the number of buildings that you need to have in order to be successful we know that we need a living learning dining environment and the reason for that is that is the university of the future where students have the opportunity to learn where they live where faculty have the opportunity to engage students um, in seminars and courses where the the um, dining is not just about food, it's about farm to, to table. So all of the issues that have to do with black farmers and the loss that we have had in black farmers, that's what our students need to be learning, learning how uh, food impacts uh, people and how farming impacts food. And so really we are a place where we need to think about all of the loss. And so I spend a lot of time in Richmond trying to get our legislators to understand. And we have some legislators locally who are phenomenal in supporting Norfolk State University um, and, and thinking about how we can right some of the wrongs of the, of the past. One of the wrongs of the past that we want to try to right is, um, you know, we got to figure out how we can get uh, uh, Captain Days to become a Spartan and that monarch. <laughs> <laughs> that monarch thing that, that that just don't sit right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we 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 gonna work on that. I think Dr. J and I are gonna have a conversation. We are gonna come up with something. Okay. But the, I think what's critical and important to discuss that both of you are in positions of um, of great leadership in positions what have been dominated by mostly men, obviously. Um, at Norfolk State University, black men, but in your scenario, Captain Days, white men. Um, and so when you look across, you know, I don't know, you, you guys have a city over there on base. It's its own small, you know, city. And you look across these X number of thousands of men and women from Kansas and Florida and Texas and Virginia and all over the country. Um, do you, you know, does it ever come to you that, wow, I'm really in control of this whole thing like they are following a black woman do you not do you, does that ever come in your mind like this is crazy we have a black woman in in the white house now like barack obama becoming president my father called me and just cried like i never thought i would see a black man be president that the fact that you're achieving at this level it's amazing so i appreciate that and and you know it took some time for that to sit in, settle in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a man um, the third of February this year, and, and and it was it was it was a lot. It was a lot to uh, to just kind of soak in. And what I mean a lot, not necessarily the the responsibilities of the job um, and the reach, but what took some time to settle in was the response mm. from young mm. sailors, um, African American sailors. Um, individuals who are retired that had served in the Navy for 30 years and now worked on the installation and so have, you know, roots here, uh, women 
um, that serve in a variety of capacities on the installation, whether in the military or civilian, uh, regardless of hue, right, and nationality. And so the response from this broad spectrum of individuals over time, it, it took some time for that for me to realize what it meant to be in this position. Um, because you know, I'm a surface warfare officer by trade. That's a ship driver. I've done everything on ships. I've commanded a warship. And you, you, you absolutely You just said understand. that like you said, I fed the puppy this morning. No, ma'am. Something. I drove a no. <laughs> no, ma'am. It, it, it's an amazing uh, opportunity that, that the Navy presented. And, 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 you know, even in that respect, there have been women that have done so, but not a lot of African-American women. And so that's that's still we're still you know, we're still doing first. But, you know, to your point, in your question, um, I, I now do understand the responsibility um, to be present mm-hmm. and to and, and um, accountable and um, approachable at every level, uh, the most junior sailor to the most senior whoever. And um, and, and let them know that, you know, with uh hard work and, and, and drive and oh by the way there's some speed bumps and they're gonna come. Right. But how do you how do you uh, attack those speed bumps when they come and, and stay and encourage um, th- that you can um, continue to succeed. Um, your work ethic and merit and skills and so forth should should speak for itself. And and of course you still have to have access and you have to have advocates. And I think it doesn't matter if you're in the military. So you still have to have folk advocating and speaking on your behalf so that you're given the opportunity. I think when it comes to the first, and this is nothing against you, but I think when it comes to the first this and the first that, they were the first, but there were others before them, but they weren't given the opportunity. But they were qualified, but they weren't given that no, without a doubt. on the yeah. shoulders yeah. of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, w- I, would, I would agree with you. There have definitely been numerous officers over wow. the decades, uh, male and female, I would argue, that, um, you know, could have, potent- could have, ha- could have taken advantage um, and, and been in this position. Yeah. But, you know, timing is everything as well. And, um, and so I'm very, very grateful for that. And uh, I'm going I'm to work these 18 months until there's nothing left in me, all right, and, and be present and be a face and, and talk to young folks and encourage them and, and, um, and, and just continue to and, and run the base. Oh, by the way, that's my job. Okay. <laughs> I have a question, um, and it goes to both of you ladies. Dr. J, we're going through this where people want to go to HBCUs and leave bomb threats and have shootings. And Captain Days, this morning I woke up and I'm listening to the Israelis saying, you have 24 hours to get over a million people out of these 140 square miles. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world do you all wake up and handle the challenges that you all have to handle? I would just say that it is a daunting task. Um, It is. I, I will not downplay how much of my psychic energy goes into how are we going to ensure that our students are safe, that our community is safer. And one of the things that I know is if we can't get these young people who are out in the community committing these um, atrocious kinds of uh, shootings engaged, then we're going to lose a generation of individuals who won't be able to be brought back. So how do we move outside of the 
walls of the university while we keep the inside of the walls of the university safe mm -hmm. because safety is a major issue. I have a wonderful, wonderful um, police department um, and Chief Covington just does an incredible job in his whole team. But I will say that every day I'm thinking about homecoming that's coming yeah. mm -hmm. and we're working on it so we're not just thinking about it we're planning yeah. for it yeah. but it's coming and we want people to come and enjoy themselves and not be afraid yeah. and not have something horrific happen so yeah. we work on it every single day yeah. and it's teamwork you can't do this yeah. by you know just being alone but you also have to acknowledge the things that are outside of your doors that matter, which in this case are our young people. Mm -hmm. We want them to be in a better place, to, to see education as a way forward, to see being in the service as a way forward, forward yes, that they don't have to just do these things in order to um, have some of the things that they want in life. And I, you know, you can't blame people for wanting things in life. That's mm -hmm. a, a part of our culture, mm -hmm. but you can't blame them for the ways that they go about getting mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. What's amazing yeah. is that we have this exciting two-week period coming up. So we have Fleet Fest, which is uh, October 21st, mm -hmm. and a week later, uh, we will beat Morgan State <laughs> here for homecoming. We will beat them. We will we will win. We will do that. Um, yes, we. But will. hold on, let me let me ask this question, Cheryl. And you don't have to answer, but did, nobody else. Thought about the lottery when Dr. J says psychic energy? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just won 1.76 billion. Oh, uh, um, but, I thought it was going to be me, but I didn't even play the lottery. Right, but I just right, thought it would right, be me. Right, right. So let, let's just real quick. Let's get some more data points around Fleet Week. It starts. Uh, the 21st. Yeah, so it's on the 21st. It's Saturday. Uh, gates open at 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, one entry point. So if folks are driving down Hampton Boulevard or down 564, they're going to they're gonna head towards gate two, which is the main gate. And the gates will be open and it'll, it'll be shepherded in and uh, be able to park and so forth and, um, and, and, and come and enjoy. Y'all know where it is. Know, you, People know what a naval base is. You know yeah, where it is. Go straight and don't make that left. Go, go ahead and make that left. Go to the gate that you go in with your friend when y'all go to the um, <laughs> to the look the ABC store on 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 the base. Why? Well, yeah, there's no ABC store. Well, not ABC <laughs> store, but you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> That's, that's what uh, so many people <laughs> know But the that. signs will support as well. We work with VDOT, so the signs will be up and, and leading people through the main for entry Fleet point Fest. for Fleet Fest 2023. I'll be out there. Uh, we'll all be out there. Please, if you come, come up and uh, say hello to me. And, uh, you know, we have ships tours, the USS George Washington, one of our aircraft carriers, as well as the USS James E. Williams, a guided missile destroyer. There'll be tours on there. We have Coast Guard cutters. We have um, aircraft uh, static displays. The Marine Corps will be there with their Osprey and we will have the world's largest bouncy house. I'm not kidding you all. Yes, I know. See that face? Yeah. Yes, adults can. <laughs> About the size of a football field. So please what? bring your kids. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, I know. I said world's largest on the world's largest Navy base. Come okay, on. Okay, of course. Of course. <laughs> it's only fitting. Uh, and if you haven't been on a, sh a ship if you have not, you have to. You go. have to come. Just just wear comfortable shoes. Yes, you know, so you can safely egress uh, mm -hmm. up the gangway and so forth. But I tell you, you know, taxpayers pay for these warships. Absolutely, yeah, you should come on board if you've never had the opportunity to do it. And that's what that's what's exciting to me. And the crews on those ships are excited, mm -hmm. and they can stop and ask them questions and just talk about what they do. You're going to be impressed by our sailors. I'm certain of it. My, my next door neighbor is is a uh, is a chief. Now he's just moved down to Florida. 
uh, for whatever reasons, I, you know, his deployment or whatever. I'm not sure, but it, one of the s smartest young men I've met in my life, and he's just on top of it. And he's just 40, Shane Campbell, and he, a phenomenal guy. Uh, Dr. J, as we get past Fleet Fest, and you, we'll go down there. You know, I'll, you, I'll, I'll drive the Cadillac for you. Thank you. We'll I'm, down there. <laughs> I'm, you uh, I'm set up. I want later. the DJ to come. <laughs> DJ, you yes. come and set up, you know. I heard y'all got a budget. <laughs> <laughs> but so then we we move on from that and we have homecoming. We just announced our homecoming concert. We have Glorilla and Young Nudie. Yeah, Nudie. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm hip on. You with it? it? Uh, but we I, also I have, have been a told lot of stuff. Not to come to the concert. Uh. And I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, can't come to the concert. Who told, told you not to come to the concert? How the president not gonna be allowed to come <laughs> to the concert? <laughs> Let me what? say this. Some things are for young people. Right? And we respect our young people. You and we know they'll do a great job. I just don't know this music. You know, I know some of it, but I don't know this particular Yo, but music. Hold on. But you know, she... So she's lying a little bit. <laughs> Let me tell you why. You just Remember the president a liar? I know. Because a couple of weeks ago, I was like, so you know, um, Pusha T and Drake are getting into it. And she was like, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Drake to fall back. Pusha... <laughs> now that's true. Pusha T, you know, he's, he's my man. Pusha. You know why you're here. You know. Oh, this has been an amazing time. It's so great to have you both here with us. Um, I really want um, particularly young women to understand um, the awesomeness of, you know, having an education, having focus, and living in your purpose. Uh, these black women right here beside me truly demonstrate that. And, you know, being commander or being president or being the assistant to the commander or the president or you know, doing hair, whatever it is, have purpose. Do a great job because, you know, as Captain Dave sits here next to me, I know one thing. Somebody got that hair done and they're looking good this morning. <laughs> but everybody has to take pride in their work. And no matter what, you know, what that, station you are in life, uh, if you take pride in what you do, you should be comfortable winning, losing failing and succeeding on your own terms. Don't be bullied into 100%. doing somebody else's, you, yes. you know, lose on your own. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, and you will learn to win on your own. So um, thank you, ladies. Absolutely. Thank you thank so you. very much. It's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I want to, can I make an invitation? Because, yes, you know, please, shortly yeah. after we get through homecoming, we're going to be in the midst of preparing for a graduation. So I want you to sit next to me at graduation because I don't want nobody to mess with me. Right? <laughs> You got a, you got a whole force. <laughs> I just got DJ B. <laughs> See, I do you DJ. It was enough yesterday, but today. Right, right. <laughs> so we certainly want to invite you to, you know, again, be a Spartan. Thank you. When you're here, you're home. Come back always, and you know where to park. And I know where to park. Mm -hmm. Come back so often. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Doctor J. Awesome.